What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We recap the weekend's action in powerlifting, starting with the Corrupted Strength Classic. We don't really do a full recap. We talk about the lifters who really sit out for us, the performances, and also the, just the meat as a whole, just in a general sense. Um, I was commentating, so I'll give you my full experience with that. Um, we also discussed some of the events that were taking place around powerlifting this past weekend, primarily my deadlift record uh, being broken and kind of the further discussion of, you know, USAPL judging, but also we talk about the up and down rule, whether or not it should be banned in powerlifting. So Steve and I, I don't really, really want to say debate because I think we're both in somewhat of an agreement here that if they got rid of the rule, you know, I think things will be good in powerlifting but we talk about that and it's something that i don't think is talked about a lot is getting rid of that rule so we discussed that a bit and um finish off the episode with a commercial gym story so make sure you're subscribing to two white lights on two white lights.com check out the merchandises there as well we got merchandise being dropped gotta thank uh corrupted for letting us have a booth there we did drop those Hoodies and hoodies will be coming soon on the website so people who attended the meet got a little bit early access and also you can get all the other drops and make sure you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating or review. Leave um, five-star rating on Spotify. Subscribe there as well, and you can listen to us on the website. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. Oh, baby, I like it, boy. I'm here with Steve Denovi, fresh off of a 777-pound anime shirt deadlift. You're a fucking jerk. I'm not a jerk. You're the one that was so confident that you said the monetary bet wasn't enough. We needed to up it. The monetary bet was five fucking dollars. Yeah, we needed to up it. That's an insult. That's an insult to gambling. We can't do $5 bets. What is this, 1974? What are we doing? We're going to bet soda pop on it? going to bet a glass soda pop? I, I'm sorry. I am not an avid, <laughs> avid sports better. But you're you're the one that was so ultra confident and wanted to argue for like 30 minutes in the last cast. It was more so, and, I mean, uh, but uh, I got to applaud you. I got to applaud you because you do have right now the take of the year and I think the best take of all time. Never would I have thought that someone up in a weight class like Jamar Royster could go back down a weight class and total the exact same thing he did at 90. That was unbelievable, and he looked good for more. And, yes, I do agree, and this is probably going to be more painful than me deadlifting in an anime shirt that got shared a bunch of times and viewed a bunch of times is that you How were How many right. shares did you get? Um, last time I checked, it was 700. Beautiful. Which is good. But, yes, well, you were right. I you were correct. And I think he actually could have totaled about seven or eight thirty-five that day, and he looked incredible. His lifts were on points. 
whatever they figured out with that weight cut, it's going well. And I don't know what he does next. But yeah, it was an it was an unbelievable performance tomorrow Royster by the Corrupted Strength Class at the Corrupted Strength Classic. I don't I don't think it's not the weight. So okay, a couple things. One, I will take take of the year, but I honestly don't think it was like anything special. I mean, I am what, gonna what? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Myself credit and give you an excuse. This is kind of my job as a coach. Yeah. To be able to recognize and like scout other people to be able to understand, especially people like Jamar who are in a weight class where I have a lifter who competes uh, or did compete. And we'll see if he competes where he competes at 90 or 82. Either way. (laughs) Uh, It'd be funny I don't think it if was both cut- Jamar and Nori end up at eighty two. <laughs> that would be that would I, be I actually, a very funny. I thing. actually think it. I think it could happen. We got to see what Brandon does because Brandon is Brandon going eighty two. Oh, <laughs> Brandon goes no, eighty two. Brandon now. going. Brandon hopping up, or if he stays at ninety, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I think we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, what was I going to say? I don't think it's the weight cut for Jamar. It's been how they trained into it. Uh, and I haven't talked greatly with Marcellus about it by any, did try something different. And I almost wonder to an extent, uh, Jamar was dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Uh, if you remember that from the corrupted summit, because he hit that seven Oh five at the corrupted summit. And that was like his first big squat in a while because mm-hmm. his knee had been hurting. Uh, that's one of the reasons he wasn't sure if he was going to do the squat competition because he's like, I don't, I don't know if I, I want to kind of put my knee at risk and they really didn't ramp it up. It was kind of like, he didn't ramp it up until the final two blocks leading into the meet where usually what you see with Jamar is that four or five months out, he's hitting these crazy lifts and then he kind of peaks at that point and then regresses and can't sustain it. So I, I don't know. This is, this is just me from the outside perspective, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I, if, if some of my, my introspection here is correct, that something about them not pushing until the final two blocks and ramping it up was kind of the key for him there. All right, yeah, and that actually would make sense. So you possibly have cracked the code there on it, and it would be a sh- it would be one of the the craziest things, and also just like the beauty of powerlifting too, that everyone is like, it's a weight cut, it's a weight cut, it's a weight cut. Every single time he cuts down, he loses too much strength, and he doesn't end up putting close to what he does in the gym on the platform. Well, what if it was something else, and it possibly could be something else, and that performance was unbelievable. Um, I and, and I, I think the question because I was like on the podcast was like, okay, if he totals something in the eight thirty to eight forty range, even over eight twenty, I think he'd stay in the weight class. And now that question's happening. Like, um, after he got that last deadlift, after, after he, after Kyle did the own pull that went backstage really quick, um, you know, to say my congratulations. And I got there and he was already dapping up Russ. And I was like, okay, I don't care what the fuck you say. You're staying in this weight class. And apparently Russ sold him that bef- like 30 seconds before I did. So everyone is selling him that. Everyone is in his ear that he has to stay in because 838 is the current national record, and you're only five kilos away from it. So it would be the most obvious thing to stay. But then I talked to him, and it's just one of those things I can't relate to of the weight cut and what it means to cut weight and what it means you have to do the entire year. And he was telling me those things. I'm like, okay. I'm like, if you really don't want to do it, that makes sense too. Like whatever decision he makes, I'm 100% for it. Selfishly, I want him to go to eighty-two and a half. But if yeah, he I doesn't go eighty-two too. and I mean, a half, I'm like, is, I'm, I'm fine with it. 
I don't think the success of this meet had to do with weight class. I had to think it had to do with a different approach to how they peak. Yeah, absolutely. So my assumption is if he goes up to 90, we know at the heavier weight, he gets a benefit. We know that. And I think if they apply the same approach, we're going to see now him hitting 860, 870 at 90 kilos. So there, there's there's obviously some, some uh, desire to be had there. I know he said he wanted to hit an 800-pound squat at uh, well, he has, has he done that? He's, I think he's done that at seven. No. Or he's, well, no, not in comp, but he's, it did in the gym, right? Well, he hit seven seventy. He didn't. Hit, he hit I thought he hit seven ninety four. I know he loaded it. I don't think so. I know he loaded it once. Okay, I might be wrong. I thought he hit seven seventy. I could have swore gym squad me ever. and Russ had that conversation. Which, by the way, Russ uh, Jamar dumped dunked on a lot of people this weekend. Because if you guys go back to the Russ interview I did after Worlds, we are talking about pound for pound best squatter in the world, and I brought up Kamar. And he was, I'm like, I think at 90 kilos, he actually can be because of just how incredible his squat is in training and how close he is to 800 on his squat when he's up a weight class. And Russ didn't agree with it. And he, you know, obviously he would think that he was, that Russ was uh, the best pound for pound squatter in the world. And Kamar went out there and unofficially took his record. So, like, I, and then I he still, dunked on I, me a little so, bit too. On top of that, was, with what I said on the podcast, was, a lot of dunk. Kamar was, you know, just uh, uh, Clyde Drexlering on people all day. Well, I was obviously I'm pro Jamar for many reasons. But I was pro, pro Jamar about this whole situation and argued for him. I'm going to slightly argue against that. That I don't, I don't quite know. Can take best pound for pound squatter away from Russ quite yet for two reasons. One, Russ has done that level at multiple competitions. Yeah. From worlds to nationals. Two, I think we all agree. So 722 was about a max for Jamar. Like that that was a third attempt. Yeah. I think all of them were pretty much third Ru- attempts. Russ Russ's Russ's well, not his deadlift. That's actually um, what I, mean I disagree with that deadlift. Russ's third attempt, seven seven sixteen. Russ's seven sixteen. We knew he had plenty more. I, I still think Russ is probably the best pound for pound squatter if you're comparing the two. But no, what I was more impressed about. Because honestly, squat and bench was about what I figured. Deadlift was better than I figured. Um, that 705 moved really well. And the biggest thing is he didn't have that little stick at lockout yeah. like he usually has. Like I do, I never saw that slowdown to where like I don't know what he had on the day. I I th- well, all right. So with his squat, I actually because I think both lifts you possibly could throw two and a half to five kilos on just because I've seen him grind a squat before and he can't. Like that 700 at nationals that Daytona uh, nationals, he lifted that for about 30 seconds. It felt like it felt like an eternity and he was able to grind that out. And I thought that 722 was a good third attempt. It was a perfect meet. I think call call wise and execution wise, but even with the bench, he missed a bench, but it's only a two and a half kilo jump. Like that means that you yeah. found something like it's, it's eight, eight for nines could be nine for nines in a lot of those circumstances. But the way he squatted that 722, I'm like, I think he could grind out maybe two and a half to five kilos more. You just don't want to test it. Deadlift is almost the same thing. I think he could have got five kilos more, but then does that stick come? And I've seen it before on his deadlifts where it just like it completely, it, it actually looks like he's locked out, but then he has to still get it past those big quads. So if you throw more weight on, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to say like, oh, he had so much more in the tank. It was every uh, one of his deadlifts looks like he could potentially deadlift 800 pounds because of how fast he moves it. Like 705 looked like an opener, but all of his deadlifts look like openers. He he usually gets sticky by his second attempt, though. That's why I was so surprised. Usually you see that well, on, 
around that 670 to 680 range, and it didn't. I didn't expect him to get sticky at that second attempt because of how well his squat went. Those. Well, no, I'm saying his third attempt, he's sticky. Yeah, I will. I don't know because I usually I, he's sticky by his second, and this time he wasn't even on his third. I yeah, I, I I know what you're saying, but I just know with like some of his deadlifts that 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 lockout that he has and how quick he is off the floor that it just like if you throw seven sixteen on, I I could potentially see him you know struggling a lot with that when seven oh five was just a good call and it was a good call and yeah it was an unbelievable meet and hey hey hell do we have another bet going best pound for pound squatter. In the world, let's. If, if I can ever my, myself a redeeming quality here, uh, or a redeem. How? how but that's not. That's <laughs> yeah, a it's hard thing to do. Thing. We can't objectively well, you can decide what that is. You can do it on formula. Best part. What was the better problem? Pound squad or Russ? Uh, Russ or Jamar? And then who has? And then once it's you know they compete at nationals, you can. So you're saying at? So you're saying at nationals. Based off of dots on their squat, who's the best? So this is a year. This is a year in the future, basically. Yeah, that's bookmark. That's bookmark it. That's bookmark okay. it. Then we'll come up with the you're best. Going, doing our you're going Jamar. I'll stick with Russ as best pound for pound squatter next year. Nationals. All right, great, great. I get, and also two white lights listeners get more of get used to me just making insane bets because that's probably going to be a reoccurring theme. On two white lights, and yeah, it was. I think the highlight of the meet as well. Um, the crop to take classic, and we were going to do like a full recap of this. I was there commentating, I saw the meets, and I think the first session, Jamar's uh performance was kind of the standalone thing. The energy in the room was incredible for Marcellus's lift, though. I think the room got louder for Marcellus's lift, but the crazy thing with that first session was Aaron Maloney and how much viewers she got the live stream i looked immediately yes. i didn't put two and two together i just thought it's corrupted it's russ it's you know they they made a lot of uh they, they made a lot of announcements on what they're going to do with the meet and i think people i thought people out of curiosity powerlifting fans and casual fans of the sport were going to tune in but then i realized i'm like oh they're just spamming for aaron maloney and that's because lex little her boyfriend told all of his followers, and he has what does he have like a hundred thousand or a million on TikTok? And TikTok, oh, yeah. he, he has, has like, like nine million or something. something thousand followers, maybe okay. even has more on TikTok. But no, okay. he posted on his story. Um, apparently, wait, no, not eight hundred thousand, six hundred. Six, he's he literally hit six hundred thousand followers today. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I knew of Lex Did, Little. I knew who I, he was. I just didn't know he had six hundred thousand followers. Did uh I didn't get to watch the second session much outside of like seeing all the lists on Instagram because I was out and about. Did what was the the average viewership for that one compared about, to about I think the peak seven hundred about average five, which is really good for Twitch stream. I mean that's about what I expect. But yeah, Aaron, I I logged in. I was like, how is there like eleven hundred people? And at first it didn't hit me until I saw just the chat going crazy about Aaron. I was like, oh, the chat yeah. Lex was and Aaron just spammed And that chat was toxic followers. as shit. That was the most toxic chat of Twitch I've ever been a part of. We needed moderators on it, and I think it was because, like, when you get Aaron Maloney, who is not, you know, a power lifter at her, like, just the first thing. And also, like, I just – I was not a – I knew she was famous, but I didn't know exactly, like, what for. And apparently there was a few lifters that day that I just didn't know – like who they were because I, I, I follow powerlifting and I follow big powerlifters. So I knew the powerlifters going into it, 
apparently, I think Maggie Delgado, like a lot of people were going crazy for her as well. And I was like, I don't know who that is. And I look, I'm like, oh, okay. She's got, you know, like triple the following as me. So that makes sense or double the following as me, whatever. But I, I, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I guess I just, a lot of people signed up for this meet and I didn't really know who they were. Um, but then like, I could tell like the chat was just a bunch of people who did not know what powerlifting was. And they were asking a bunch of those questions that it's hard to answer. It's almost infuriating answering them because it's like, you know, what, wh when does, when does deadlift happen? And we're on squat. It's like, okay, after bench deadlift will happen. We have to get it through squat first. And it's like, what flight is like all these things that are just like so basic and so easy to, you know, find out for yourself. And it was because of a, like a high level of people, a high amount of people who just weren't powerlifting viewers. They were just viewers of uh, Aaron Maloney. Yeah, that's what we want, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that he's. I don't know how much that brings power people into powerlifting per se. But yeah, I, the, the biggest one I saw, and Aaron had a great meet. Uh, I think that was a PR total. I mean, four four two and a half at seventy five is great. Uh, it's not nationally competitive, but it's a really good total. But the amount of people I saw saying, did Aaron win? Did Aaron win? Yeah. Because they're, they're just, they had no concept of like understanding there's Gabby Martinez in this meet. <laughs> and Gardner she's not and... even trying and she wins by and Lysha Gardner. And well, actually we're talking women. Obviously there's the highlight of the amount of attention Aaron brought in. The highlight of the women was Lysha versus Haley. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because Haley pulled for the win, but Lysha won in the sense of like our predictions because of dot score, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's what I think actually Haley had herself a surprising meet in my opinion, just because of what, like the injury she was battling. It was one of those meets where I was looking at, you know, what lifters can do, but then you notice like Gabby Martinez really is just doing the meet to have fun. She's going to win it quite easily just based on dots and what he's going to do. And then Haley, you know, is a little bit snapped up. Danny was clearly going through some injury on the platform as well. I mean, she, like during those, I, I'm like, I, when she was deadlifting, I'm like, I know exactly what she's feeling right now where the deadlift itself doesn't hurt, but the setup hurts, the hip hinge hurts and putting the weight down hurts. I could tell that she was like, her body was just um, tightening up as you were doing those dead, as, as she was doing those deadlifts. So you weren't going to see the best performance from her um, throughout the day. And yeah, it that was that was a lot of what I saw, and then like kind of the standalones were Lysha Gardner, Gabby Martinez, and Haley Hunter. Um, you know, just throughout the first. I have redemption. I have been cleared of all wrongdoings. Is that Lysha confirmed? Is that confirmed? Because I nailed. I yeah, she put it on her story. Confirmed. Oh. I am completely forgiven because I nailed Lysha, her don't total let to the kilo. Okay, Lysa, don't give him an easy way out. You can still continue to hate Steve. It's fine. Just do it. No. Oh, by the way, your anime no. thing. The, the We're homies now. No, the anime. Don't, please don't say that. The anime thing that you said, <laughs> you saying homies is weird. The anime shirt post, the, the best part about it, it was just like 17 comments of people hating you because you blocked them. I, I end up like on yours. Yeah, you can't see him because he blocked him. But there's like a bunch of like I, I oh, blocked Steve. Denobi. I gotta go look at this. Yeah, I had no like, idea. It's like it's like it's like I hate well, Steve Denovi too. I hate Steve Denovi too. He blocked me for no fucking reason. I hate Steve Denovi. He blocked me, and I don't think yeah. I commented or re interacted with him at all. I hate Steve Denovi too. 
I, I don't think I've ever, the only thing I've done is comment on your post. I think he's just blocking people who comment on your things. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. People, I, I think people go on autopilot a lot, um, <laughs> not realizing what they do on you're Instagram. Just a, like, I, I'm just serious. Like, people don't, people go on autopilot, do stuff on Instagram and have no idea that they do stuff. And like, it's public, like, and people can see it. Oh. But yeah, I'm saying it now. Yeah, Darrington, why am I blocked? And never interacts with him. I feel like he's just... And second, I, I don't know why. I, I couldn't tell you why I blocked certain <laughs> people. You made a stupid comment. You went off on one of my lifters. Or you did something that just annoyed me. So I blocked you. Like, I, I, it takes... It's not like I'm, like, annoyed. It takes zero thought. It takes very little to go block someone. So that's hilarious. Yeah, that was the best part of it. Because I was just like, now. most of it is just people complaining that they're blocked and you Steve. pinned it of course you pinned it oh yeah i pinned all the ones that were that said yeah i think i pinned three comments all of it had to do with you getting blocked i believe because you're only allowed three i only pins. see one about me blink let's see really i see one getting about me getting blocked let's just do uh... oh whatever yeah well i mean I. there we go two 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 pins yeah Steve Denovi, I'm blocked by Steve, and I've literally never commented on any of his stuff. People, you realize I, I can read other people's posts when you comment on their posts, or when you pop, like, I, I, I legitimately think people are like, like I said, I think they go on autopilot, and they don't realize what they do on social media, and they're just completely, like, mindless yeah. of things they do. Yeah, no, that makes sense, because I knew, because, uh, like, certain people comment, I'm like, okay, I follow some of them. I'm like, you probably said something in the past that's just dumb and Steve might have blocked you. I'm like, you guys just don't know. Like, Steve blocks everyone. And if you're, it's almost now an illustrious group to be a part of if you were blocked by you. But it was just a funny part of me wearing the anime shirt. It was just how many people were pissed off at you for uh, them being blocked by you. Um, and also, Perfect. I mean, with, with the first section as well, unless you had other points, I kind of wanted to get to like, th like, this is the part of the meet I wanted to discuss because I think that people were expecting a lot from this meet because of what was posted. And a lot of people in, you know, corrupted and get better today's camp. were talking about it being like the best local meet ever. And like the lifters had a really good time at the meet, but the, the entire day. And this is why like the first section was a little bit of, like, it was a frustrating experience. I know for everyone involved, but the live stream, like the live stream, just, you know, being in and out, almost unwatchable and almost uncomment, uncommentatable. Then you see, you know, the comments on, on Twitch. And it's like, I think for a first meet, like you saw some of the issues that you have, like for people running their first meet happen during that first session where the live stream isn't working because they're using the wrong Wi-Fi. And I think they, they put the cart before the horse in a situation because there was a lot of things promised like lifter interviews, um, kiss camp, fan, fan interviews, all these things they wanted to do. And I'm like, we're not going to, and I had to tell them immediately, like, we're not going to be able to do this. And I think that was because of just like it being their first meet that they were directing. And I think they did a good job with, with that being their first meet, but it, it ran on until about nine o'clock. There was a lot of moving parts in it. And I think that a little bit of the, um, the theatrics that they wanted to do, which I expect them for doing, I think they tried to make something like the Virginia Pro. That kind of halted it for being just a well run, smooth meet that got done at an appropriate time and would give, you know, people running it the less headaches was because I think there was a little bit of a focus on that kind of stuff. Even the live stream, like 
the live stream, I was sitting there the entire time, like, okay, you know, it's it's hard to do a live stream. I have no idea what to do it, but why not have Mark do it? Why not have the guy from TBS do yeah. it? Mark TBS, like, that was uh, him and Marshall had the best local meet live streams of the year. Warcat did a fantastic job as well with the multi platform. It was clear, it was concise, you can see things. Uh, it was like, uh, so like next year, I, th- I hope they kind of like fix those issues where they, you know, get people in Houston and get people close to them it, within the vicinity to actually do the live stream. Cause it would have been a super clear, good live stream. Then you're talking about it being the best meet of the year, the best local meet of the year. Like it's very good chance. And I think Gia did a hell of a job of just like trying to, you know, stop some potential like catastrophes from happening. Cause like throughout the day I was looking like, okay, like this could be, this is a hard task. 140 lifters, multi-platform, your first meet at a hotel. A lot easier to do at a powerlifting gym, but it's at a hotel this time. And I thought like that first section was kind of almost stripped of that because of all the things that they were planning on doing, as opposed to just like focusing on what's the important thing. Can people see the meat? People could see the meat clearly. Awesome. And I, I don't think they could. Yeah, I was I, I. You could see my face more than the lifters. And that was that was kind of yeah, on the, the live stream. The li- that was the live stream. Just the, on the live stream. The that live was stream it. was tough. Like I, I, you really couldn't watch it too much. I mean, I've directed. I don't know how many meets. I've been I've been hosting strength competitions in some way since 2010. I don't I don't really do it too much anymore since like two years ago. That's an undertaking. That is a massive undertaking. So I mean, the fact that they were able to do what they did for the first meet they've ever run is pretty insane because let alone for someone who's experienced to do that versus one's first meet. So um, it's kind of one of those things though. Like I'm sure they kind of learned to an extent, like kind of what you're saying is like, you got to start a little bit more basic and build from there. I mean, even Sabre, he said it, like he adds one or two new things a meet. That's it. Yeah. Like he started out basic and every meet he adds one or two things and then goes from there because you've got to master things before you keep adding to it. So, well, um, on top but of yeah, that. getting someone like, I'm sure Mark would love to be involved. Getting someone like him a little bit more involved would be great. Cause he's obviously already, um, been able to run multiple meets, uh, and, and figure out those logistics and, and figure out like, not that's logistics of meat running, but like doing those little extra things like the live stream, which more so the live stream wasn't a bad layout. I, I so I don't I, know much about this. I am, I, I'm not speaking very technical here, but like usually when you do meets at like hotels, like USAPL, when they go to Vegas, they're not using the no. Westgate's Wi-Fi. No. They bring their own setup. I don't, I don't know what that means or what that is, but they bring their own thing to run off of. You can't run off of hotel Wi-Fi. I just using hotel Wi-Fi. I knew that I knew that was a bad idea just by using it on my phone because I know how slow it can get. So running a live stream on it, I knew it was going to be tough. And yeah, it was kind of one of those things where I knew like right away. I'm like, okay, this this live stream, you know, might be a little bit of a challenge because of you know, there's one mic. It was supposed to be me and Kyle commentating. Unfortunately, there's one mic there. Um, and, you know, and that's something that uh, that it was voice on the Twitch chat. And, goddamn, I would have wanted that Twitch chat, like, disabled at a point. They were just ripping on me so fucking hard. Like, at, at a point, once, once. Why would we disable that? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, but it got bad towards other people. Like, once they found out that they weren't moderating anything, it started with me. And then it started to get to the lifters. And then it started to get random. Once they find out there's no moderator, they're like, oh, I can say anything. And then it's where the like you're watching a power like a um, a sports event and you're like, why is why is this here? Why is the chat here? 
I'm, and I always go back to the thing. If you go, are watching Monday Night Football, there's no chat at the bottom of the screen. Because if there was a chat watching the Giants and Eagles play, it would be the worst thing you've ever read in your life. It would be the most ethnic, <laughs> racial, sexual slurs that you've seen in 30 seconds typed out that you would ever see. Like, you shouldn't have it. And Twitch is typically better. Second session, there was clearly more of a powerlifting fan base where they were asking those type of questions. But, yeah, it's just the frustration of live stream, them be not being a powerlifting, you know, like fan base, and then also just once they've realized it was – no holes barred. It got it got ugly. I thought I was going to get the worst of it, which I'm okay with. But then it started to get to other people as well. So, you know, unfortunately, the first session was you know kind of like that was what we were dealing with. But at the same time, like I, I will say, the atmosphere of the meet was absolutely incredible. Like I wasn't expecting that. Marcellus had like probably the biggest fan base there. Kyle De Leon scared the shit out of me just with his approach to the bar. I don't recall this happening at Warcat. But he was screaming at the weights. And I pooped myself a little bit just by watching him. Ooh. Yeah, it was scary. It was frightening. Ooh. I didn't know. Like, don't do not do that. Don't do that. Why? You sound intrigued and it's like your thing. A little, a little poop is, that's uh, interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, you're, did it, you're did looking at your lips any now. Bits, did that little poop have any bits of wolf hair credit card? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you, your guys, your guys still doesn't. I'm getting a little bit of wolf hair. Inconclusive, inconclusive. That could be, that could be me too. <laughs> inconclusive. Yeah, if you guys don't watch Always Sunny, this doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, he, he and he got the crowd going too, just by his natural uh, walk up to the bar and to. I mean, all lifts, squat bench and deadlift. He got the crowd going and he had himself a hell of a meet, seven ninety five too. So there was great performances all day. Um, and I think that second session was kind of the best of it. That that second session was was the atmosphere and I think everything that you wanted to see, still minus like some live stream issues and some, you know, with the meat starting late as well. Um, like th those issues happened, but that second session was energetic. And during commentary, it was crazy because I had like, it was a really fun thing actually it being a multi-platform meet because Isaac Whistler was squatting the return of Isaac Whistler to the USAPL and Weez was squatting at the same time. That was energy to the absolute highest amount because the crowd was into it, but I was into it too. Watching Isaac squat and watching Weez squat. And then, you know, once you get Weez squat on the other platform, you got a whole lot of other heavy hitters ready to squat too. And there were some big weights being moved in. All of those guys had themselves fantastic meets. Like on the second session, that was really kind of the, um, I think the staple of the meet, that's what I'm going to remember from this meet the most was that second session, how good it was. Yeah. Sean Mills is an open caliber lifter. Yes, and of there course. Can, he, there's no more junior lifting for him. 872 and a half is insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got to do it. We got to see him. We got to see him at the open level. He had a great meet. Um, and, and I mean, just throughout the entire meet as well, uh, you just saw really good performances. Uh, Isaac Whistler, too, eight for nine. You know, coming off of that injury, a lot of freak injuries as well. I was really impressed by Cam Wilson. Cam Wilson also had himself an incredibly strong meet, looked really good. I think he, too, once Nationals rolls around, can continue to grow in that ranking. Um, 
one guy I actually really want to bring up, um, Dylan Campbell. Dylan Campbell, the, the Black Kratos. He's 20 years old. He is a fucking okay. Stud. I didn't know. I didn't know that was Dylan Campbell. I know Black Kratos. I didn't yeah. know his actual. I because we talked about Dylan Campbell on the pre-show. I didn't know that was the same. But yeah, that kid's an animal. He is a stud, and he is going to be a huge problem. The way he lifts, you can tell he's going to start killing people on that subtotal. I saw him lift for the first time in Austin, and I'm like, okay, that that squat and that bench is legit. And that squat and bench became even more legit at this meet. And he's only going to get better. He is an absolute stud. That's That was one person. Because, you know, I was I was a little bit curious to see what he does. I know, I think it's his second meet, too. Second meet. And he's doing that kind of stuff. It's, it's crazy. So I was watching him compete. I was watching him lift. I'm like, okay, so he can get himself to a, a position here where he is definitely going to be challenging some of the big juniors, some of the collegiate lifters. And he's going to make a lot of noise, you know, once that career starts, you know, flowing a little bit and he has a little bit uh, more of a, a build. Um, I actually, yeah, Dominic Melvin and Rondell Hunt put uh, pulled out. Rondell Hunt, I mean, the speculation could be Sheffield. Yeah, we talked about that today. That seems likely that uh, the, the issue that I know of for Sheffield is mainly Trinidad and Tobago has a whole weird situation with IPF. So like Rondell doesn't have an IPF federation. So maybe they finally figured it out and he can be in Sheffield. I think that's probably, I, I would, I would, if I was a betting man, if I won a couple bets occasionally, mm-hmm. I might throw a little bit more on the fact that I think Rondell's getting into Sheffield based off of this. Yeah. Yeah, I that might that might be a bet that if we should actually do we should actually make the odds of wild cards who get could get selected to make bets on those. That'll actually be fun to do. Like once, uh, hopefully they actually have a cool announcement thing. We're awaiting anticipation because Rondell at, at the initial part I would have put at like plus eleven hundred. I would not have there's, assumed. I heard the what they're doing. They're less. sending out the invites personally to each lifter, and they're going to have ten lifters that could possibly selected but only four are going to get it and they're going to open up a gun case and it's going to say you got in or you didn't get in <laughs> you you didn't get in fuck you sign spd <laughs> well you don't watch the you don't want I, I think i messaged you this i don't you don't watch the office do you i kind of do i really wanted to go uh my buddy has a gun case he has guns i want to go get it and put a rock in it with a post-it note rubber banded around it that says suck on this and it's from Gaston. That's from when Michael Scott gave Toby a rock yeah. on his last day and said suck on this. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to open it up and do a whole unveil and all it was was suck on this and it's a rock from Gaston. Yeah, that yeah, that would have been great but I that would be a funny thing for SBD to do to send people like invites only put, only have four actual selections and then the rest of them are just like congratulations you didn't get in suck it SBD. <laughs> <laughs> you're a loser <laughs> that would be so funny and mean i would actually i would actually like endorse spd for doing that if they were just that horribly mean That's, for no well, reason two white lights we buy gun cases and poses spd and send these out and see if people fall for it yeah i would love yeah i would love to go to um like uh <laughs> Jesus Alvarez's house and tell him he didn't get into the uh, Sheffield meet and have him rip my fucking head off. Oh, no, Solana would do all the, the oh, okay. delivering. Yeah, That's Solana's point. job. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll put her in danger's way. But, yeah, Dylan Thomas, Beast, and then, yeah, like kind of the big drop-offs because that was another thing of the chat that I had to deal with was why, where's Rondell, why isn't he doing the meet? And I didn't want to kind of like talk because the, the, the word was a Sheffield. And, I mean, it, we could be totally wrong. It could not be that at all. But, you know, it could be at the same time. It's always fun to think that. Um, yeah, well, because this training looks like it's fine. There's a, doesn't look like anything's wrong with this training, so that's why this, it seems a lot of be... it is a pointless. It's like it's not a, it's a it's a good meet to do if you want to have fun, but like a pointless meet in the sense of trying to do something at the meets. Like there's level lifters at these local meets that I understand will do this. That's that's the incredible thing about Carolina primetime. How many pro lifters they able to get? Same thing with this meet. It's incredible that they're get they're able to get so many pro lifters, but. For me, this meet are like people with like a 500 to 520 dots and they really want to show out like everything above that yeah. and all these like net, like, but I mean, Rondell though, Rondell doesn't have another place to show out though, because the USAPL continues to not give him any option to be able to compete in the pro series, That's which if point. Rondell goes to Sheffield, that will be a massive failure by the USAPL when Rondell on a silver platter was saying, I want to go compete over there. And they gave him no options to compete. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a massive failure. Almost as big as a massive failure is not getting Leflar Bros merchandise. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself some Leflar Bros merch. The socks. The dad hats. Yes. Eh. Okay. Wow. All right. No, you. everything is great, Steve. You really, we're, we're trying to hype up people. <laughs> no, I'm honest. I'm honest. I just want socks. Or do you want, yeah, if we you know want to get a dad a hat sock while you're at, we, Honestly, you if you do the socks and the dad hat, it's a bit creepy what you're trying to do. Okay, but if, what if it's just socks and dad hat? That's all you get, or you get one or the other? No, I'm, that's all I'm wearing. If you all you're wearing is deadlift socks and a dad hat, I want pictures. Okay, uh, that's the, I'm actually thinking only of one person at CB. So get yourself himself Leflar merchandise. I mean, you can still cover your whole body with some beautiful cop tees. Some graphic tees, joggers. They got it all left. Love Bros merchandise. They're going to make you look good in the gym, out the gym, and hell. I mean, based on where Steve's mind going, the bedroom as well. Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money and also follow them on Instagram. Go to leftlovebros.com. Check them out on Instagram. Give them a follow and check out every single thing that's dropping. Everything looks great. Everything looks fantastic. And use that promo code 2WL15 and also ORC15 as, as well. Um, other things from yeah, session main, mainly, mainly orc, orc 15 shows your allegiance to me. Yeah. It, um, and then two white lights 15 is for the OGs. If you're a true two white lights fan, you're, you're using promo code two WL 15. If you're a bandwagon fan, you're using orc 15, which is fine. If you're a bandwagon fan, it's fine. You gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Um, yeah. From session two as well. Uh, I, I we're going to get to some of the, like, because uh, I, I kind of want to, like, end with certain things. Carrington Amati probably had the most impressive lift. What was that, an 864 deadlift? deadlift? No, 832, I thought. 832? 838, 832. Let's look. Where's where's Mr. Carry Tons? Big Carry. He gets – the first time I met him, like, wow, this is a unit, and he only got bigger since. That was amazing. 838. 838. Yeah, I think most impressive lift of the meet, and especially because of how easy he did it and the fact that he pulls a conventional. Something about it. Big-time conventional pullers. Always going to get the people going, and that was one of the most impressive meets of the, 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 of the session and of the entire meet. So he had himself a good meet as well. Um, 
but David Wilson, an absolute gutsy performance. We talked about the injuries he was battling going into the meet, and he did share on Instagram. He did tell me a little bit earlier from it, so I was kind of like, you know, if he doesn't do the meets, I totally understand, but going through some intense family issues, um, you know, had to be, you know, in and out of the hospital. Uh, his mother had a stroke, unfortunately, and he had himself a gutsy performance, and that second attempt squat, it's something about David Wilson and me not doing my job correctly because all I was doing was just shouting into my mic of David Wilson getting that squat up. Same thing <laughs> with his deadlift when I was just screaming at his 400-kilo attempt at Nationals. I was just yelling at him to get that squat up, and it probably busted a lot of people's eardrums, ruined people's speakers, ruined people's laptop speakers. I don't know. Scared people's families, scared pets in the other room. But that's what happened when David Wilson lifts. He's my hero. I love him. And that's what I was so scared that he wasn't able to get that squat uh, because that would have been, you know, probably a win for for Weez in that situation. And if, you know, no hate against Weez, but if it's going to be between David Wilson and Weez, I'm going to pick David Wilson 10 times out of 10. And he was able to get it. Um, people wanted to load 400 kilos on that last deadlift. And I'm like, that second attempt deadlift, it seemed like he was losing a little bit of balance. But he has one of the most impressive streaks in powerlifting. I think that's five consecutive squats where it was two white lights. He has been the best ad read for two white lights. He, could, he had all, all three of his squats at well, Nationals were two white lights, correct? I don't remember. I didn't know that this was a streak. I I'm, think it I'm was. I'm taking your word for it, but if he did, and then, but, we're going to have to send him a care package yeah. for, for just how much he's done for us. I couldn't, I was going to give him, I didn't, I couldn't see him after drug tests. I had, you know, some merchandise for him. So yeah, I'm going to send him some stuff. Um, yeah. Like a after this episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm like, I think he has five consecutive squats over two white lights. Cause this squeeze, this meet, he did have two white light on both of his squats and I could have swore in nationals. He got two white lights on all three of his squats. And I think I was, that was the commentary that I was making. Like, Holy shit. Like he's three for three on squats and he's got two white lights on all of his squats. Like keep it there. And I think he might've got two white lights on his bench too. He just kept on getting two white lights throughout the day and you got to love it. You got to love a lifter like that. And it makes sense with how he squats um, bench press too. Like, I think he didn't hear this, the the press command on his second attempt, so he had to go up and wait just by two and a half kilos, nailed it on his third, and, you know, he kind of wrapped up the deadlift there by a second attempt. But gutsy performance from David Wilson. Um, it was a meet that, you know, potentially uh, maybe not the best meet to take just because of the circumstances or the circumstances of just his being, you know, a little bit banged up going into it. But get a lot of time to rest. Really excited to see what he does in nationals because he was making action Rusev sweat just a little bit at that weight class. So, you know, come nationals, I'm really excited to see what he puts on all three of his lifts because it seems like he's, you know, continuously making some progress there. Uh, so that was a big highlight well, that for me. One ten, yeah, that 110 class is just going to be deep because you obviously have Bob and Ashton. Then you got as tier one. You, have, you always have Dave there hanging around, and now you're going to have – Mills, Preston Savoy, Camden Wilson, maybe Dylan Campbell. You, you got to – that's just an interesting class. That's a very, very, very interesting and deep weight class. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. And it's it's kind of turning into what the 105s were. 
when uh, Bryce mm-hmm. Lewis, Ashton Ruska, and Mikey Davis were in it. So 110, I think you're going to get some of those big freaks. And also something fans appreciate because those are all just units. They're just, u- they're just big, angry, heavy hitters. So people like seeing that. It's it it, uh, it like matches like the people who really like the lightweight lifters and the people who just want to see big weights being lifted, like the hundred five hundred really, ten weight kinda, class. You get you get the good mix. You could kind of call that the heavyweights yeah. of tested power lifting yeah. because the fact of the matter is, is above that it starts to be uh, unpopulated. I don't know if that's the right word to say because a lot of tested lifters are just not going to be that big. There, there's only a, there's only so many Jesus and Rays. I mean, even in the one twenties and, and one forties, I love those weight classes, but they're not very populated. Like the, the average huge, like big tested lifter is typically like one Oh five to one ten. So it's kind of like our version of the heavyweights. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to call it like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of this weight class, one thing that was a big uh, fallout from it was of course it would happen to this lifter. Uh, Sean Weez Mills, his last deadlift. Do you think that that should have counted? Uh, I would have given it uh red light. All right, you just but lost your commission I, check. We're Good also going to get into it. I. You just lost two white yeah, lights commission you, check for the week. Damn you! We were I mean, really close, but on you that. want my opinion? I I thought it was probably a red. Not against the counting. It was close, but I prop my first instinct was a red. What's always tough is it's it's hard to judge that from the side, which is why exactly. he got. I think he got two whites from the side judges mm-hmm. and a and a red blue a red with the blue card for up and down from the front judge. Yeah, I was watching it on monitor, so I actually didn't even see the up and down movement. So when he got two white lights, I was like, oh, he does have an issue with this. Um, it was identical to his pull at collegiate nationals, and I think he got the same call: two white lights, one red light, blue card, up and down movement. That one, again, like it passing, I didn't think was a big issue because of the two side judges potentially not seeing it. I think from the center judge, it was clear. And I would have red lighted it from the center judge. But if I was a side judge, I don't know what I would make. It would, it would just depend on the vantage point. Um, but you know what I love in situations like this is like the USPA, Powerlifting America, and all the other federations like rubbing their hands together, being like, all right. We're going to talk about judging inconsistency based on one call at a meet. Like, like, yeah, like they have none. Yeah, like right. There's zero on their side. Yeah, like WRPF last, have like five deadlifts of the American Pro were not all clear red light lifts. Yeah. It's like, it will, then I just love or it. the I'm opposite. Like, maybe, maybe too, maybe too strict in the IPF when Monica gets uh up and down call when there's, she locks it out clearly and nothing happens. Exactly. And loses the it's, world game. It's very funny to me because it turns in, because I mean, I, I, it does sound like I'm being a USAPL stand right now. And there's times where I disagree with judging and we're going to talk about that soon, but it's like, okay, one missed calls are going to happen in sports guys. But two, it's like, if it was a three white light slips, I probably been like, okay, that's a problem. But Hey, Powerlifting America, Chance Mitchell. I I don't know. I thought that was just about yeah, as chance, bad, if, if not chance, worse. If I was comparing, Chance's is more red than Sean's was. Yeah, and it depends on how the call goes because the fact that it was two white lights and the center judge acknowledged was up and down, I'm okay with it. But I just remember like, oh, there's a judging problem in USA USAPL because of two mislifts on the weekend. I'm like. Okay, guys, this was a local meet, and that's actually the thing about USAPLs. Like people, people from over the over the pond, like they're messaging me about it. I'm like, guys, this is not a national meet. Like UTSA 
students were judging this meet. Like all of them. Like it was it was it was a multi-platform meet. It was a local meet. It you're going to get calls like this as well and we we won't have a jury and they were shocked to find out we won't they don't have juries at all these meets. I'm like, "No, you know why? Because there was like eight meets this weekend. You can't have juries." No, I think there were there was like 16 meets this all weekend. All right. Well, geez, I gave a I estimated a uh, or pulled a high number out of my ass, but it was apparently double the amount of meets that I thought were happening this weekend. There was a lot of meets. So that happens. And, you know, I think a few missed calls here and there is not bad. I actually won't qualify this as a missed call. I'm qualifying as a close call that a third of the judges got. And I also think that some people still agree that it was, it was an okay call. Um, but then it brings on to kind of like the next subject here, which going on the other miss lift I was talking about was, which, by the way, I took a lot of L's this weekend. It was a tough one. Just, just a good weekend for me going down in rankings. That's what's back of the week. Me going down in rankings. So went down in the 82 and a half kilo rankings, was second, now third. And now I am the number two deadlifter in the USAPL. Um, <laughs> and I did not expect this lifter to get it. I don't, I still don't know his name. Soon, soon something. That's like, I probably why I don't remember right. his name because I don't know how to pronounce which, it. I, I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say names anymore. After uh, Jurgens was it? Is it Jurgens over across the pond got super mad? It was mad at me on <laughs> your, your podcast. Yeah, Jurgens baby powder was really mad about it. Jurgens baby powder. Okay, it's yeah, Jurgens. Call him Jurgens. It's Jurgens. From now on. It's Jurgens. That, that's his name now. Jurgens. I think you kept on calling me Jurgens. It's Jurgens. I. It's. I know it's Jurens. I think I said it wrong one time, no. and then you corrected me. I said Jurens. Maybe think, maybe my 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 American accent doesn't come through, but he's now Jurens just to annoy him. Um, I like him. I'm a I'm a fan of Jurens, but I'm going to do this just to annoy him. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean that's per your you know persona, i.e. Yeah, Bonica Brown. We're not allowed to say that name. That's why okay, I'm saying ble- Bonica. Oh, Remember, shit. We All can't right. say her actual okay, name. Okay. Ble- uh, I'm sorry. Bleep it. You need, you need to redact that. We were told to not say her name on this podcast. Okay. And she also made it clear on the Massonomics podcast that she told us not to say her name. So I won't say her name. It I, I rhymes will refer with, to her as a different name as Bonica. It it, it rhymes with Smonica or Monica. That <laughs> Monica, Monica. Yeah. We, I don't know. Right. We, we won't say her actual name. No, we won't say it. We'll refer to her by an alias. Yes. And my alias for her is Monica. Okay. I'll just, I'll get more and then call her Monica. But Jurens, <laughs> I'll stop actually. I actually like Jurens, so I'll yeah. say his name correctly. Jurens. I'll okay. just, I'll, I'll leave sound bite there so he can pull the Jurgens, make fun of me on Instagram and we'll roll with it, but it is Jurens. Um, so, no, Soon, S-E-U-N, Jabril? I don't know. We're, we're, I'm, I'm, I think it's Jabril. I mean, we know Jabril. It. I mean, I think I've seen a few Jabrils. So, so, so it's Jabril. Uh, yeah, yeah if you name. if you want to reach out and let us know how to pronounce your name in the future, I would love that. Yeah, uh, we 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 do not try to mispronounce names on purpose, um, contrary to to uh, Redacted's beliefs. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Juggernaut AI coming in with the win apparently. Yeah, seven hundred and eighty eight pound deadlift state meet. So you could set American records, which I think we're going to debate that a little bit on if that should be allowed. Um, and honestly, the deadlift's cool and all. It's a big total. 
Well, I was about to get to that seven, at a seven, point here. 790? Yeah, at a point here, he had a 792 total, I think, which that puts him into primetime category. Um, I don't know how they're doing primetime this year, but if they go back to the old traditional way of doing primetime because it is Raw Nationals, I think he's a definite shoe-in. Like, I don't see anyone really bouncing him from a top 10 with a 792 total. That puts him right behind Kyle DeLeon and Gerald Squat, which are beast lifters. Um, yeah, so a really good total. He's like kind of like a Joe Bornstein type where squat's the thing he's got to work on and bench and deadlift are there. But, I mean, the most impressive thing about the lift is the fact that he's juggernaut AI, and I think if he gets coaching by someone, he might just win nationals. And I'm not being facetious. I know it happens when you run a program over and over and over again for years on end, and it was an online program that very few people were able to make progress on, and then what happens when you get a coach? I know what happens. A potential 40 kilo increase in total and I could uh, based on how this guy looks based on his leverages I can see a massive increase so I I know my deadlift record was um broken but I also should be worried about just me losing out to rankings against this guy but um I, I think the point I mean what we've seen on his posts USAPL's page even King of the Lifts too uh, there was about 150 comments on his thing which again always kind of makes me like cringe it away because at a point like at what I know a lot of it was just a stupid conventional for sumo debate on King of List posts. Um, but a lot of it was just calling it a bad lift. And I, yeah, I would agree that it was red lighted, but you know, it wasn't red lighted and it was a state meet. So that kind of carries over the debate until two should national records be broken at state meets. And I just don't think there should simply because of simplicity. Like why have uh, nationals? If I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not against it. And you brought this up. I'm not against it. If they had juries. Oh yeah. Of course. So if they have juries, it's fine. And I, it's good. And, and if they have juries, it'll add to the prestige of state meets. And I think they can have juries at state meets because of the volunteers that you have. But I think the qualifications of being on the jury are quite high. That's where you might not get those. Um, yeah, you, you'd have to have national refs. So that, yeah, that's the tough part is you'd jury. have to have three. You'd have to have six national refs, three on the platform and three on the jury. And that's why that's why even at uh, nationals they don't have a jury until prime time. They do not have enough national referees to have juries for each platform. Well, yeah, well that was the thing that we kind of came to the conclusion on. It's like okay, you can only break national meets at nationals, but then at the regular session of nationals, you don't have a jury. So it's uh, yeah, you're just traveling, really. <laughs> you're just traveling to break a record. But, yeah, I think I would be okay with it if there was a jury. And I think if there was a jury, that lift would have been challenged, and I think it would have been over, overturned. Um, and I've seen – it was actually reminded me of John Gruden's deadlift at this year's Nationals, where it was kind of – John eventually – Clear miscall, and the jury turned it over pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, if this had a jury at, like, prime time, it probably would have been overturned. Because, so, I mean, it's a little – I mean, I agree in the sense of, like, what happened in Gruden's was up and down and then he locked it out. This one was, he locked it out and then it went down and then he kind of lost balance forward. But it, he never really showed in my opinion in like full control at lockout. Cause you can kind of see how he's, he just, it, yeah, he just kind of lost balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I like, I, if we get into the debate now, if I was to create rules, I've been open and I, I credit Pete Spence for changing my mind on this. I'm open about, I think, up and down, be gone from powerlifting. 
that wasn't up and down though. That was just down. Versus like well, Weez, yeah. if there was up and down, he he went back up and, and he finished the lift and locked it out. Mm-hmm. That's where it was different to me. Where like I've been, if, if I wish I could change the rules and Weez's would count, and this one would still be a no go because he he didn't relock it out. Okay, let's go lift by lift then. Because uh, I agree with you on the deadlift, like an up and down motion. If you just if you have that slight bobble and you lock out, then I'm like, yeah, okay, it should count as a lift because it's just, it has nothing really to do with your strength and you recovered from it. Um, the lockout's another thing. Like if you can't lock out the lift and there's up and down movement there, then it should be a red light because you just that's you should be able to lock out a lift. Um, I do think. Do you think that going with the deadlift? up and down motion could yield a potential for people like hitching and ramping. No, because hitching and ramping hitching? is different. But how about hitching? Hitching no, is it's, kind it's of different. putting a, like, I mean, as a judge myself, there is a clear distinction between ramping, hitching and up and down. Okay. It is now there are many times they go hand in hand, but you're actually supposed to, I, I, I'm forgetting the reason codes, but like if someone goes up and down and they hitch, that's a blue card and a yellow card. That's yeah. two infractions, not one infraction. Yeah. So I would be giving them two infractions on that lift because they did both of them. Okay. So no, there's there's enough distinction there that they, they they go hand in hand a lot of times, but you can you can delineate between the two. They're it's not they aren't always together. Okay. Like Weezes was not a, a hitch. This one you you might be able to. He actually I, I don't think I wouldn't have given a red for it, but he almost kind of borderlined a hitch even before locking out. Yeah, but the, the, well, the way he deadlifts kind of um, yields itself to that, like, loss of balance. I think he missed his second attempt, too. So, like, that is there, and I did see some of his other deadlifts that potentially could yield that. Uh, all right, so let's go lift by lift, then. Do you think it should be banned across from squat bench and deadlift? Oh, yeah. It, the, the only lift it actually possibly would help people is deadlift. Squat and bench, there is no benefit to going up and down. Like it rarely on squat, it rarely ever happens. Mm. No one ever wants to go up and down on squat. And so like, I, I don't know why it's even like, it's, it's a silly thing. Cause it offers no advantage on bench. Maybe you could say it offers a little bit of advantage. But my issue on bench is how often people ju- judges get up and down wrong on that, because it is very, very common that someone like one side lags behind and that gets mistaken for up and down motion because it's, it's only the center of the bar. But at the same time, like it doesn't help a lifter to go up and down. It only makes the lift harder for them. Yeah. On deadlift, that's where it could be an advantage. I mean, we talked. We, we already discussed this talking about like Dan Grigsby and the Kabuki bar. Like at some point, like they're just gonna have to say up and down at lockout is okay because you're just not gonna be able to control 1,100 plus pounds at the Kabuki bar and the whip. Um, deadlift it offers advantage because you could have a technical flaw. Because that, that's what's happening. I mean, that's the reason why we're talking about both of these lifts is they both had a slight technical flaw that then allowed them to lift more weight because of it. Where on bench and squat, it's usually not like some like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not saying this very well. Like deadlift, you're going to see a lot of lifters who go up and down repeat that over and over. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to see that consistently them go up and down. You talk about Sean having a similar issue collision on squat and bench it's usually not something where if a lifter goes up and down that's like what they always do it, it, it tends to be just like a one-off thing from like a slight misgroove in the sense of like center of mass or the bar doesn't get back over the shoulders quick enough on bench it's not like a, a normal repeatable thing where on deadlift i, I guarantee this maybe it's sean shun 
I guarantee he has multiple issues with going up and down and it's a repeated thing, which is why he also had issues on the first two lifts. So it offers a little bit of an advantage, but honestly, I don't care. Like if they can lock it out and then control lockout, even after the up and down, I would, I would say good lift. I say, delete that rule. There's there's it's, it's just, it doesn't offer any competitive advantage. Yeah. And on squat, especially because I think a lot of people like once you get to a point in your squat, like the bar could roll on you and it causes a momentarily loss in balance. And I don't think you could be penalized for just recovering from a loss in balance. Like if you complete the lift, you complete the lift and you lock out. Like, I don't care if it goes up and down. The only thing that somebody messaged to me that I could see, like could potentially be an issue, even though I think it's fixable is spotters and loaders don't know when to grab the bar. Well, I agree with that. I I do think there's a, it would be some type of rule stating you can go up and down and complete the lift, but if the spotters grab it due to safety reasons, it's a no lift. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can see a lot of upset it's lifters. A, that's a tough, that, and already, a lifters that, already it, gets it, upset about ups, that. They can definitely be upset, but it's kind of like one of those things like it's, it's at your own discretion. Like if you're going to go up and down, you're, you're risking the fact that the spotters and loaders may grab it for safety purposes. Okay. Well then, then that makes me think that it's, it's one of those rules that does it cause more headaches at a certain circumstance that you might as well just keep the rule because I think it will change powerlifting. Like there are lifts. Um, Solana brought up to us in a, in a chat with Jamar Royster's deadlift. Like he didn't get called. He, he got red lighted on his third attempt at nationals and it was because of up and down motion. Mm-hmm. And he completed the lift. It was just a, it was a, a technical error that he went through, but he still regained balance and he had the strength for it. He just he fucked up a little bit. And that would have changed. And that if that's happening to him, that's probably happening to a lot of lifters. So it, that change actually can be big, but then if it's going to cause a little bit more headaches, say with spotting and loading or, or for spotting and for safety purposes, and all you need is about two. If you have two in a big meet and people see it where a spotter and loader potentially took the weight too quick, ruining a national record lift or a um, a lift that takes 15 kilos off someone's total, then it's people are going to be shouting from the rooftops that it's a stupid rule. I agree. We still see that now, though. We see that we see oftentimes that one side dips, so the spotter kind of touches it, and that's a thing still. So I don't know. I I, I agree with that take that that does add complexity but then it's the debate is that more complexity than the up and down rule in general like how many lifters are getting close calls on up and down that we don't know if it's up and down and they're, they're getting red lights um versus people who would get the bar touched to get the lift away taken away from them like which which is going to be more common occurrence yeah well i do know that a lot of lifters don't get like if there's a stall i, I know that's a that's one of those really hard red lights to give because of it has to be super distinct. John Hack, I think, has been called a few times for it, but a lot of people are clamoring that it should be called more. And I, I like um, it was hybrid. Hybrid was the big one where people were like that was up and down motion. And I was looking at it again. I'm like, I don't see it being distinct enough where you can call up and down motion. And similar thing to Weez's deadlift. Like, yeah, I don't think I don't... it's distinct enough, and he got away with a two-white light lift, and I don't disagree with it. Same thing with Hack. If they gave him a red light, I'm like, okay, I could understand that. But if they don't give him a red light, I'm like, okay, I can understand that too. It's like a bang-bang play in baseball. If it's close and you, I... there's two people thinking two different things, then the call is right because 
one person's thought cannot be more clear than the other. And honestly, I mean, you could, I, I could be okay with the argument that it's mainly an IPF issue. I see way more up and down calls that I do not think are up and down being called in the IPF and the benefit of the doubt, not going with the lifter, but going against the lifter than I do in USAPL or USPA and other federations. IPF is really, really strict. Not power, not, not the uh, Gaston's American Federation, because we've seen some issues there. I'm talking Gaston's International Federation well, being that, overly strict. Well, that federation hasn't had enough meets where I don't know if I could even call it an issue. I think it's just a basic thing. I'm just saying they, they didn't overly call it strict like I see in the Gaston's International Federation. Yeah, well, you're ruining it for yourself by continuously calling it the actual name for it, so... Uh, we're need, I forget. We I need, forget my. Yeah, I forget got, my hatred sometimes. Well, you gotta. We gotta remember your uh, your jokes here. But yeah, I agree. And then, but that's the thing. It's I, I see people posting it a lot on their stories, like that deadlift too. And they're like, God, they're giving out. They, they, I just love when international lifters are like, all right, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait for something to happen in America so we can just somehow elevate our federation. Like, okay, with bad calls, we're still beating your asses. So whatever. But like that one, those were two examples. They're giving out red lights like candy. Like, okay, that was two examples out of the 16 meets that you had in in this federation and on the state side. Like, it's going to yeah. happen. Sports guy, guys, sports has poor calls. The weird thing is international lifters are okay with getting fucked in the ass by their judges and getting red lights that they don't deserve. That's one thing they're okay hey, with. Hey, I guys, mean, it's okay to grow a pair of balls Europe- and say that it's bullshit call. I mean, if in Europe they're into that kind of stuff, they like getting bent over. I mean, all power to them. I, I don't judge on what people are into. Yeah. Oh, I know you don't. Like, I know that you... But you judge. You well, do judge. Well, I do. I mean, on occasion. But one thing I don't judge you for is you using ammonian, uh, obsidian ammonia smelling salts in the bedroom. I don't... I never, never judge you. Oh, yeah. That. Never judge you on that one. No. Because... I mean, because you've seen the benefit of it. You can set the mood. In Carolina, I got hyped. <laughs> I got hyped. It was scary. I thought you took. I mean, for only for deadlifting second. like four hundred right now, I had some serious hip thrust power. Yeah, I and I thought you were on. I thought you were high on bass salts for a second there. That's that's how intense I mean, it was. I thought it's you. It's not far off. I've I've actually put immediate. I put obsidian moda in the bath before and did a bubble bath, and it was amazing. I don't recommend people doing that. But Steve, Steve is obviously built different. I because that that night I thought you not I thought you, not only did you inhale the nose bleach, I thought you drank it. I thought you drank bleach. That's that's how I, I, I just brush my teeth a lot with bleach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes your teeth white. Yeah, it does. It does do that. But the only thing you should be using obsidian ammonia smelling salts is deadlifts. I mean. If you're Steve, if you're Wild Man Steve Denovi, if you're the crazy Steve Denovi that we all know and love, you can use it for other things. But for me, I prefer for deadlifts. I prefer for the other lifts too. And again, you can set the mood with it for some of the you know lighter scents, and then you get the elevated you know burning your nostril hair off scents as well. So use promo code two double fifteen to to experience it for yourself. Go to hypedust.com. Get yourself some obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Remember that promo code and get a bunch of them. Test them out. See how you like them. Put them in your gym. Put a lot of them in your gym. Make a little make a little spread. 
Some spread with all the obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Remember that promo code, though, 2WL15. So, yeah. USAPL judging occasionally. There's some oh, missed calls. That, that I want to say sports. one thing. I... Go ahead. That happens in sports, though. That's the one thing that bothers me because a lot of people, yes, Yeah. I think we're trying to be my, like, it's like. It's like no one watches baseball. Yeah. Like, has anyone ever watched them. baseball Come and on. think that every strike and ball is a good call? All of them. All of the sports. It's it's so infuriating. Also, it makes me more mad because the NFL has instant replay and they zoom up to like the grass hair on certain calls and they slow it down so much. And just just trying to get frame by frame, and we don't have any of that in powerlifting. Like that's that's where it's driving me crazy, and that's like kind of like where I see the issue with just the understanding of sports and powerlifting fans. Close calls happen. I was on the other end of this close call. Like it sucks that I don't have a deadlift record anymore, and I disagree with the call. But that's the call. That's what you have to deal with. You know, you can whine and bitch about it all you want, but. At the same time, I've been a beneficiary of many calls, right? I think actually all of them. It'll go. I think I think at both occasions where I've won medals at nationals was because of a John Gruden missed deadlift on up and down. Those are close calls, and I got benefited from it. So you win some, you lose some. I don't even count this as a loss because I wasn't competing at the meet. I only I would be maybe a little bit more pissed off if I was like there, and he say he outpulled me and took my record like. Right when I like set the record, but does I wasn't it not there. give you? Do you not get a slight win too? Because does it not add more attention to you? Because it makes it more interesting now. Because oh, yeah. you've got a battle for that deadlift record well, in the USAPL. Well, yeah. Well, the I mean the same thing with the Jamar Royster thing. It's like if he stays in the weight class, now we have more people to talk about and more people to you know potentially beat. And then like if we all get an eight forty total, then we're just completely pushing it. And that win, win, win meets means so much more. But of course, yes, that and him breaking the deadlift record, like it does add something to it. And of course, there's an extra sense of motivation within training. Um, I mean, maybe if I was on, on the untested side, I'd bitch and moan about it. Right? Because yeah. I mean, that's something they do quite a bit of is bitch and moan about a record being broken with poor judging. And I, I, I'll, I'll call it how I see it. I'm going to be honest. The lifter should not apologize for taking advantage of a missed call. They shouldn't do anything. They shouldn't say that it was a, you know, a bad call. Um, they should just, unless they're strategically competing in a meet that they know they're going to get calls. That's the difference between USAPL and the untested side is literally going to certain meets, knowing that they're going to get nice calls. Or, I mean, you could always call yourself, I mean, the one thing of like calling yourself out on a missed deadlift because it was up and down and it was a soft lockout and saying you missed it, but you're not going to give the record away, are you? Right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, it's just, it, wait, if if it was that bad, then just say it was a no lift on your own account. And so uh, it's in soccer, it's called um, fair play. That would be a fair, I've seen it before in soccer where people like it wasn't a foul and they're like, that wasn't a foul. I'm putting my hands up and I'm going to disagree with the referee's call. It's fair play. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it happens in sports. If you're an athlete, you are going to have to deal with poor calls. Um, again, I could be speaking at a different situation here because I wasn't like at the meet competing. If it was, I, I just hit the deadlift record at 787 and then someone came out and hit 788 right after me and I couldn't like go and chip it and it was because of poor call, then I'll be a little bit upset. But 
What do you do when you're a little upset in sports? Maybe you motherfuck the refs a little bit, and then you get tossed. Then you hit the showers and have a beer. Then you play the next yep. game. Get back to work. That's what happens. So I wanted to say one thing about this. Uh, because Again, don't I'm going to call him soon against Sean soon. What? He got thrown to the wolves here. He did. He went from no one knew who he was to being under the line. Because like Sean Mills, even if people like, I think both, regardless of our takes on if we think these are a good list or bad list, both unreal performances. But Sean's used to this. He's been under the limelight. Soon, he went from not anyone really knowing who he was to all of a sudden just this headline story on King of the List and everyone commenting that. I just want to make sure like he knows if he's listening to this. Like That was incredible. Regardless if yeah. it was a close call and a bad lift, insane meat. I cannot wait to see him continue to progress. Um, and I, I loved watching that. Yeah. So uh, if, if he's listening and I don't know if it's getting to him at all, but like it's, it's, it's tough when you go from no one ever critiquing you or like talking about you to all of a sudden a bunch of people are like being negative about your lift. It's gotta be pretty tough. So seems like he's handling uh, it quite uh, well. Thing- it seems like he's not going on a story or anything and like, Complaining no, no, or bitching about it. Great. So if he's if yeah, he's handling it well, it's great. Argue with anyone, but so maybe, I'm trying to tell maybe people he's, he's built for this. Well, yeah, he's that's built for this. Well, that, but the thing is, like, people message me and they they do this thing where they think they're going to make a friend with me by like bashing someone else. I'm like, that's the easiest way for to me to actually hate you is to do that. Like, if I could smell like the insincerity, like on you while you try to bash someone else, I'm like, I, like I actually I don't like. Like that type of um, personality, the insincereness of certain people, like that will actually does make it, me does it go, they, they, That's their pickup line: is they yeah. bash. You give a simple response, and then they think you're best friends, so they message you every day for the next two months. Pretty much, that's pretty much how it works. And I mean, I'm gonna be honest again. Like, I will be honest. I'll call it how I see it. But at the same time, like people are messaging me, like that. that no way should have passed. I'm like, okay, but at the end of the day. This dude is on my level when it comes to deadlifts, and there's not a whole lot of people that I consider on my level when it comes to deadlifts. I put him now in there because it was a if he missed that lift, I'll still be like, okay, he can break my record at any point. He can find something here that'll have him deadlift over 800. You know, he like that like that deadlift, even if it was a miss and they called it as a miss. I'm still considering him, you know, as good of a deadlifter as me, and there's a potential there that he beats me. There's Ina. There's um, I I call him Lion uh, down in England. I don't know how Coons. to yeah Co- yeah Coons or yeah I I I know he has also they're all they're all Nigerian. These fucking pullers. The few, the three people I just mentioned are all Nigerian. So uh, there's something there like you're gonna be a fantastic powerlifter. Um. Nick Manders. Yeah, yeah, Nick Manders is Nigerian. Yeah, Nick Manders, definite Nigerian. Um, and then if if he ever competes, Tom. Tom is up there. I always forget about him because at any moment, Who's Tom Rogue is it? Is it? It's Tom, right? Oh, I don't yeah, know his yeah, last yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never knew his name. I called him Rogue One, and it's not. That's not his name. It's just Rogue. Or or Yang Su if he ever competes again. Oh yeah, that will definitely there. But yeah, he's got he's got to compete in this decade uh, if I want to if I want to put him <laughs> um, in that same category. Uh, yeah, but once he competes, he would definitely be within on that level. And uh, Liam, if he goes down to eighty three or eighty two and a half, which I don't know why he doesn't, but 
he if he goes down, I think he can go seven seventy one plus and you know quite easily actually and maybe seven ninety eight hundred range once that you know once he adjusts. The difference between this guy though and most of those, I mean, Nick is up there, Ina's up there. He's a better this lifter. is one of the other guys though that he actually can total with you possibly in the near future. That's oh, yeah. the biggest thing there. Oh yeah, he's a good lifter. That's that's one thing. That was I did not know what he totaled. I looked at his total. I'm like, if you're going high sevens, close to eights, you're legit. You're a contender. Where you're not just a deadlift specialist. And his, I mean, I would maybe maybe I gotta get a juggernaut AI, juggernaut AI to figure out this bench. He's got a 402 bench. Yeah, that's insane. The fact that his <laughs> squat is what's holding him back and not his bench is yeah. pretty insane. Yeah, that's that's a crazy thing. So um, his bench, yeah, he kind of kills you on. Oh, and also Joe Bornstein once he moves up. Joe Bornstein, I think right yeah. now he's at like a 750 deadlift, and he moves up. I think he's you're gonna start seeing that weight gain work to a 780 plus pull. Um, which you never know, but I, I like that, that's that's a handful of people. I don't consider Sean Noriega on my league as far as deadlifts go. I don't think Russ is on my league with, de- with deadlifts. But de- Russ deadlift is seven seventy. Yeah, he did. Hey, have you found it funny that King of Lifts just refuses to post me now? I've already told you that. Yeah, I thought there was something against me as a coach in my lifters, and I'm. I think finally now he's seeing you as well. I I no, because now it's like it. Because one, I don't care. I get more interactions on my page. But there's a point there where people mention you enough times and things where it's like, like I think he's not posting me for any reason here. No, we and probably uh, we probably deserve it. We're probably, not, probably, but I, I always remember like I'm like I we're did. Also, make, you, we're I also USAPL, and, so yeah, there, I, we got double knocks against us. USAPL, <laughs> and we aren't super nice. On this Again, though, post, we've been very clear. We don't think their podcast is great, but Ryan. Is 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 so the best King of List podcast overrated? Yeah. King of List podcast overrated. Ryan and King of List page underrated. I'll disagree with you. I Ryan, would say King of the List podcasts, if they lean into what they're really good at, Ryan can interview people better than me. I cannot interview as well as him. If he interviews people, he's good. He's really good. Best commentator. Amazing I think, commentator. Yeah. And King of the List and the King of the List page has been amazing for powerlifting. Hmm? Amazing for powerlifting. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one they don't oversaturate it. Because I actually think now it's kind of working the opposite in in certain ways because it's like such an oversight. Because every single because every single post is a collab post with Gaston's American Federation. They could run their or page. If they did a they French want. local meet, they get reposted. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, like certain things. I'm like, okay, like whatever. I'm, I, I mean, I mean, this is a typical like USAPL junior conversation. What should be posted and what shouldn't be posted on King of List. It's a page where they can post everything they want. It was, I mean, I yeah, I guess it's totally my fault because I did comment on the post that I was reposted on, just kind of talking shit about, which I should have about the the Raw Nationals recap but i'm like at this point i'm like okay i'm they I'm like they actually followed through with this and i'm just not getting posted on that page <laughs> and i'm like all right i'm cool with it i really want i really want to win nationals and i am like i want to be a point where there's a like a thing where like you have to post me and i really hope they don't i'm like if they stick with it they're like okay we're not we're not posting them anymore i'm like touche yep. you stuck to your guns i like that I, I respect but going back that. to the original point, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, I, I was I was slightly joking about Russ because again, everyone in the know knows that Russ is heavy when he usually does these huge lifts. Like, just because he deadlifts seven seventy doesn't like he can't do that right now currently when he's usually eighty two and eighty three. So yes, Sean and Russ are not 
on the same platform in the sense of deadlift. But that's why they also have their other lifts. Sean has his bench, Russ has a squat, and that's how it all evens out. Yeah. But yeah, on the sense of deadlift, you're I completely agree. Yeah, sure. All right. You want to do a commercial gym story before we bounce? Oh yeah. Let me pull one up. Ooh. Get go, what go I just in the archives. Here? I don't know. Maybe open a virus because your um gym stories could potentially be like on uh, websites that give you your computer. Okay, this this one's good. Okay. I got one. This one, I don't know how, how deep I'm going to go with what I say here because it's, it's kind of vulgar. So when I first started working at this gym, I had no clients, um, zero, and I did it for a while. And uh, a fun fact about commercial gyms and personal training, at least the one I was at, I, I would very much assume this might be common. The amount of people with one training session left is astronomical. Astronomical. I'm talking thousands of people because they don't want to do their final session and then tell their trainer they're done. So they just never show up to their final session. Okay. So I was going through all the people that had training sessions left and most of them just have one and they have no interest in coming back in. I come across this person. They have like 18 sessions and I'm like, Oh my gosh, gold mine. I finally, I finally get a client. And I call this person up and I'm like, Hey, would you be interested in continuing with your personal training? I see you have 18 training sessions left. We could get you set up for this week. And I'd love to if they let me. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I, I, I was told I wasn't allowed in the gym anymore. And I was like, <laughs> oh, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm new here, so I don't really know the situation. Um, I'll take your name and I'll, I'll talk to my manager and I'll, I'll see what that is and see if there's something we can work out. And he's like, oh, I would love that if we, I could come back in. Super nice. I go in to my manager. I'm like, I forget the guy's name. Let's say his name's Bob. I go in there and say, hey, I just called Bob. And as soon as I say his name, they just die laughing. They they lose it. And they're like, no freaking way are we letting him back in. (laughs) And they didn't even really explain it to me at this point. Like, why? They just said, no way is he allowed back into this gym. So uh, I go and call him back and say, hey, Bob, I'm really, really sorry. Um, I I asked my manager and they said that the the suspension is withheld. I, I I can't let you back in. He's like, oh, it's all right. He's like, I, I love everyone there. He's like, is, is so-and-so still there? I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, he's like, yeah, I really liked her. I, it, it was too bad. I, I, I didn't think asking her if her, if her pussy smelled good was like a, a, a bad thing to say. And at that moment, I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> well, it is, sir. Got it. it. <laughs> Got it. And then I went and talked to everyone and I found out this was a common thing. He would only be with female trainers. He would constantly say uh... extremely sexual things. He would go in between set sets and take shots in his car. He was usually drunk most of his session. And then the final straw was he brought a gun in, into the gym. And they're oh. like, nope. Oh, nope, it wasn't. Done. It, it wasn't was... like he was like oh, carrying it. it. He just he just had a gun with him. And like they're like, no more. We're, we can't let this man in this gym anymore. Oh, okay. I okay. I thought it was. I, I thought it was just gonna be remarks he was making, but uh, I guess it was just him bringing, bringing a gun. Apparently, he made enough remarks and still didn't. That would that didn't call this wasn't the straw. Apparently, All right. That yeah. Was a common type of remark. I guess. Did. I guess the gun was the straw that broke the camel's back. That is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Based on how the story is going, I wasn't expecting that last part, but yeah, that is. <laughs> I like how casually he bought it up too. Like, I kind of think that was oh, a bad it thing. was it was so because he had such like a nice like calm voice, and how casually he said that was I I, I almost lost it like I I was like 
Oh my. Cause again, I, I didn't know anything other than they told me, no, I didn't know the, the stories until after I got on the, off the phone call. And so as soon as he said that it was like, got it. That's... Yeah. We're not, I, I, I fully understand why you're not allowed in this gym currently. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you always have like 17 of those at commercial gyms. So, uh, yeah, pretty much. I get, and then they're like, at a point, we can't ban every member that says derogatory things about females. Then we wouldn't make no money. But it's like, okay, the gun thing, though. Okay, he might be an, uh, um, an, an immediate danger to the people around him. But, all right, solid commercial gym story there. What do you call him? Because you have names for all these people. What do you call this guy? What's the title? I don't know. Cause I, I th- this was a singular interaction. There was never like a, and I didn't ever knew him. So I know I don't really have a name for him. Okay. If I if I remember his name, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a name for him. No. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, because I always look forward to the names and the titles of these. But uh, that's gonna do it for two white lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.